Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of The Promised Land, a Manchester United podcast brought to you by 90 Min. I'm Scott Saunders, joined once again by football journalist and United season ticket holder Rob Blanchett. Remember to subscribe to our show. We're on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts and follow us on Twitter too. You can find us at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promised Land MU. It's holiday season, apparently. Uh, if you uh, you read the reports coming out on this Tuesday morning that we are recording ahead of the international break, Manchester United have just been handsomely beaten by Manchester City in the Manchester derby. Rob, how are you? Because you were there again to watch Manchester United get pulverised by one of their rivals. Well, Old Trafford feels a little bit like a funeral pyre at the moment. That's how it feels. No one's happy, obviously, with the football. We are kind of slowly slipping out of the title race. Performances have gone from bad to worse. And it really does feel like the end of days for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and this iteration of Manchester United. So I feel bad about it, like every United fan does. I don't think there's one United fan at the moment that can take any positives from what we are seeing. Um, obviously, you just leaned on it there and said that the uh, the information that we're getting out the football club at the moment is that Manchester United have gone on holiday. It's the international break. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has boarded a plane with his family and gone off for a few bit of R and R. What does that mean? Well, we'll talk a little bit about that on today's podcast. We will indeed. We'll also look at the just the general lack of belief uh, around Manchester United at the moment, as Harry Maguire admitted in no uncertain terms. We'll look at Ollie's position. It seems like we look at Ollie's position every week at the moment uh, that we record this podcast, but does the holiday mean United might have something up their sleeve? We'll maybe explore that a little bit. And we'll just dream it up, really, because there's no real action coming from the Glazers at the moment. Joel Glazer, who is said to be the one who would make the decision on any managerial change, all kind of quiet at the moment. But we will we will look at potential other candidates. Uh, Ralph Rangnick is a hot name uh, linked to the position at the moment. But we'll just try and explore how the hell Man United get out of this mess, because for me, there's no coming back at the moment, because... The level of performance is it's just not there. If you in the last two home games, United have lost 7-0 on aggregate to Liverpool and Manchester City and not had a hope in hell of winning either game. And we're at a point in the season where you've got two weeks off. It's probably a time to reset. Maybe that's what the holiday is about, but we will see. Maybe uh maybe they just need a break. Maybe everything will be okay at the Watford game, and then we can. Move along merrily. But Rob, other clubs have made decisions over the last few days. Daniel Farks lost his job at Norwich. Dean Smith has left Aston Villa. Um, there's other jobs in uh, the championship and lower leagues as well that have changed hands. Where are we with United at the moment? Because as we mentioned, Ollie's gone on holiday. And this does not seem like the right time to take a holiday, given there are a lot of players in that 
United squad who have fallen away and fallen out of international obligations. Jaden Sancho has not been named in the latest England squad. Donny van der Beek can't get a look in for the Netherlands. Surely these are players that you'd be working with during this two weeks to A, maintain their fitness and B, potentially work on other ideas because nothing's working at the moment. So how do you view the situation as it stands with Ollie's position? It's a really strange situation. So it is officially sacking season. We're at that point of the of the campaign where you get into November and you get closer to Christmas, closer to the January transfer window, and clubs start to stutter and say, we need to change the manager. I think that after these performances, what United fans really want to see from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is that they're on the training pitch and they're fixing it with whatever they've got. So yes, most of the squad are on international duty, but there's plenty of players still at Carrington working out, as you just said, their players who haven't made their, their international squads, those who have been uh, at the club this year and their lack of performances means that they've dropped out of their, their country setups. You know, Jaden Sancho is training at Carrington, but the manager's not there. So read into that what you will, Normally, in any business and any process, that you have to get authorization to go on holiday or to have a vacation. That counts for all of us. Um, Oligan Solskjaer has been told to go on holiday. So, what does that mean? I don't think it's a good look, whatever way you look at it. We know that United are banging on doors now, and it's not this week they've been doing it, it's been a few weeks. They are looking at candidates, they are looking at regime change. But for them, social media, and PR is very, very important. And they will always kind of lean on those things. And that's why they don't pull triggers too early. They don't, they won't do what Spurs did with Nuno, Conte, sack a manager, hire a manager, and then say, yeah, everything's fixed in a day or two. We know with the Glazers that there's always a bit more of an elongated process. But I don't think it's a very good sign at all that your manager, after these horrific beatings, after these oh, terrible, terrible defeats that, that stem from tactics and choices, has gone on holiday with his family, has just boarded a plane. I think it's a really, really bad look. Can you summarise the the feeling at Old Trafford on Saturday? Because the swell of noise on social, obviously, you know, it's, it's a different world completely. Uh, there's a, there's not many opinions you should take too seriously with uh, the... I'm not, sorry, but accounts with, uh, you know, display pictures of players and fake names and all this business, you can't really take that as with any salt at all. How do you feel the, the attitude towards Ollie and his team is at Old Trafford at the moment? Because United went down early in that game against City. We, we will, we're not going to look too much back at this and dwell on it, but there's a lot of things to take from it. Uh, how do you feel like the, the match going fan feels around Ollie's position now? Because I'm, I can't, I don't know if I've seen one person say, they still have confidence that Oli can turn this around. What was the feeling inside the ground on Saturday? The feeling's dire. You know, it's the first time I speak to lots of people at Old Trafford on match days. And I do that deliberately as, as also as a journalist, I like to gauge what people are thinking. You know, I don't go and do bigger straw poll, but it's nice to just talk to people who, you know, their consistency of opinion and what they, what they think about the club in football terms. And there were several people who said to me these exact words. And that was, yeah, I've got a season ticket. I'm not coming anymore. So I think when, when, when fans start to say stuff like that and they're like, you know, I've paid for my ticket, but I'm not coming because 
you know, literally coming to this football ground, traveling an hour or two or three or four to come and watch this is no longer desirable. When those empty seats start to pop up, it does get noticed by the press. And that's also when boards get itchy feet. So I think the, the, the feeling at Old Trafford is as low as it's been since Mourinho left the football club. You know, I think in those final days of Jose, there was again a big divide then. You had this big Jose contingent, as I call them, the cult of Jose, kind of supporting the manager on social and, and Jose could do anything and they would still support him. And that's a very, you know, interesting social media phenomenon. But at Old Trafford, we still sang his name till the end. We really did. We supported the team, but the football was broken. And I think we're at that stage. You know, we're going to sing for Ole, but the football is broken. And I don't think that he is the guy who can fix this. And let, let's be honest, he's gone on holiday. Like, that, it, it, what, what does that mean? You know, I want the guy in his office fixing this and getting on the training pitch and getting these guys drilled to do the next game, which, is, of course, is Watford. So you've got two weeks to fix it. You might need a break. You might need a holiday. Just go to the training ground, close the doors, get the press off your back and get the players back on your side. Because at the moment, it's quite clear that the players are not doing what he wants them to do. Yeah, it's it's interesting over the last few days as well. After the Man City game, Gary Neville was quite... I'm, I'm, this isn't in the notes, Rob. Uh, I'm, going, I'm going off topic here. Uh, Gary Neville... Double down on his opinion that United shouldn't change the manager because they've tried Van Gaal, they've tried Mourinho, it hasn't worked with experienced managers in the past. They should do all they can to maintain this until the end of the season. But United are not playing well enough to even reach the top four at the moment. I really think that that's, a, that's an actual concern. And it's interesting to see, though, that outside of Neville, Michael Owen, yeah, not, not a United legend by any means, but he pretty much went in on then being no plan after the match on the side of the Old Trafford pitch. And Rio Ferdinand on Monday on his five, uh, five, or five with five pod for the first time called for Ollie to go. Now, do you think that's significant? Rio said, I sit here now and I don't think we can challenge for this league. Um, I look at, at our team every week wondering what are we going to do tactically? I don't see any philosophy or identity in the Man United way of playing, whatever that should be from the management. I sit here looking confused at the team and he pretty much went on to say that I think Ollie's time is up and he should go. Do you think that's significant in the sense that former players, teammates of Ollie, have always defended him, but now that seems to be changing? I don't know whether that's from criticism that fans are giving to these former players or whether it's just a case of for the good of the football club I have to kind of <laughs> throw my weight behind a change otherwise it's going to be dire for the rest of the campaign what what how do you feel that change in the likes of Rio Ferdinand's attitude will will affect things I think it's a question of how you design your punditry and I say that as someone who's worked in television before and the reasons why pundits say certain things you've got to remember that pundits have a producer in their ear uh, and this is all part of the the ecosystem of television so why are these people saying these things now well i think with with gary neville his stock is set out in what he sees now he, he's had kind of varying opinions before going back to Mourinho, he was one of the guys that said stick with Mourinho when Mourinho got sacked and i think that gary is that type of character that's how he sees it it's like through hard times you stick with the manager in reality 
Gary Neville has sacked countless managers at the football club that he runs. So it's one thing talking about what you would want in a blue sky thinking tone with Manchester United. And then there's a reality of losing games or, or kind of pulling the plug. So I think with Rio, Rio's always been very positive about Ole. These guys all know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but they're not fools, Scott. They understand that bad results and bad performances, you either fix them on the training pitch and then you get better results and then you can kind of justify the means or it completely collapses and the football club says goodbye. You certainly don't say go on holiday. So I think when you look at Rio, his opinion has now kind of swung that way again. In terms of punditry, I think maybe that is the the blowing of the wind. I think we've seen this. Is that uh, all of us? I was I was an advocate of Ole. I wanted him to succeed. I was willing to be that moderate as I am as a journalist and as a football fan. But I'm not anymore. I've seen enough. So my opinion has changed. People's opinions are allowed to change. What do you do? Do you wait for Watford and to lose four 0 at Watford to then go? Oh, actually, yeah, get rid of this manager. Because I think that's maybe where Gary Neville is dancing around with. It's kind of like, well, we, let's see, let's get, let it get really bad. And then we might be able to sack the manager. I think it already is really bad. And it was interesting to see the Liverpool pundits. Like you just said uh, about Michael Owen there. To me, he's a Liverpool pundit more than the United one. I know he played for us and wore the number seven. But he was, he was really cutting and scathing. And he told the truth. And that is that you need your own system. And the system comes before the players. Ronaldo does not become before the system, but that's what United have turned into. No system, no idea, no clue. And it's all about playing hero ball with one player at the top end of the pitch. And it is showing in results. Yeah, you mentioned there about giving Ollie the Watford game, seeing if he can turn it around. And that was generally the nature of the comments from the pundits in the Sky Studios after the game. I personally, I agree with you, I've seen enough. And I don't feel that there's a better time probably this season than to make the change at the moment. But maybe uh, the lack of options out there might be what's holding United back. There was no hope in the City performance. I mean, the, the, the difference in effort levels between... I don't know if you've seen City post the, the footage of the second goal where all of their players touch the ball uh, the first off, it comes from Ronaldo gets the ball, passes it sideways. Five City players rush back on it. They play it around the back a little bit. And then they manage to work it with every player getting in touch, knock it to the back post. Bernardo Silva capitalizes on Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire switching off and Aaron Wan-Bissaka not closing down a cross. I'm naming four mistakes here because David De Gea failed to keep it out as well. Individual mistakes everywhere. Harry Maguire comes out after the game and you, we spoke about this off air, Rob. You have seen the footage of Harry Maguire saying in no uncertain terms that United lack belief. So that's an awful position to be in. And how how in the world do you turn this around? It looks like there's no hope for Ollie. So it has to be, they have to make a change. But just, just talk about um, what Harry Maguire said and your feeling towards it. Yeah, the captain was interviewed um, by a foreign news source on pitch side. Um, and he was asked the question in English, so he wasn't asked in terms of it. It wasn't a translation issue or anything like that. The the uh, foreign broadcaster asked him straight up about that wasn't good enough, was it? What do you think? And he gave his own synopsis, and he went along the lines of, you know, we weren't aggressive enough. Those that's a direct quote from him. He also said we gave away two sloppy goals, and the truth is, and then he paused. And he said, the truth is, we lacked belief out there. 
Now, I think when your captain says that, the guy who's kind of responsible for getting the belief going on a football pitch and that communication. And we know that Harry Maguire is not a, a shouter and a screamer. He's not a Roy Keane type captain. He he does talk to players and people talk about his leadership skills. When your leader says that in an interview immediately after the game, you got problems. And of course, that was pitched to Ole straight away because the British press heard it um, and wanted to requote it and say it to, to Ole. And Ole's face when he was told that his captain had said, we didn't have belief, you know, you've never seen a more beaten man in your life. You know, his face just dropped. You could see the heart almost came out the top of his throat, out of his mouth and fell on the floor in front of him. And how do you fix that? Like, I, I think that's where we are with United. I, I said before they had five games to get it right. And what I meant by that was going back to before the, the City and Liverpool matches, that it felt like United were on this slide, you know, on all levels. And that five games started before Liverpool. So we're not talking about losing 5-0. We're talking about that whole period. And the last of those five games was Man City. And in that period, United have beaten Tottenham 3-0. But in all the other matches have really underperformed on one level or the other. Beating Atalanta twice. Oh, no, sorry. Won one of those games and got a draw in the last minute. But that performance wasn't great. Neither of them were. You're doing it in the last minute because of Ronaldo. And then, of course, as you just said, you lose 7-0 at home to Liverpool and Man City. How do you fix that? I think the truth is you can't. You can't fix it. And I do believe that's where the board will take their view as well because they know that sometimes change is the only thing you can do with a coach. And I think we've got to that stage now with Oleg and Solskjaer. So I have a question in the notes here. Will the Glazers pull the trigger and who is realistically in the running? Uh, we're going we're gonna to go in this direction because obviously <clears throat> Antonio Conte was... He divided opinion a little bit. Um, there were a lot of fans who wanted to take him because he was a proven winner. And I think probably that would have been the best option for United to do or to take after the Liverpool game. Um, but they persisted with Oli. I think that Tottenham win was definitely a false dawn because obviously you've seen the results since and Tottenham were an absolute mess at the time. Oli actually referred to the Atalanta game as a good result as well. I mean, United were quite lucky in that. I don't think they were very good at all. But, and obviously the City game speaks for itself, but will the Glazers, do you think they will end up in this international break? We're recording it at the start before the international games have, fin have started. Will the Glazers actually do it? I think they will pull the trigger, but just not necessarily in the international break. So it could happen. Like I I've said this again to many people, that you can, you can probably sense that one day you'll just wake up You'll look at your phones and what will it say? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has left Manchester United. Because I think this is how the Glazers will do it. The Glazers will now continue their search for whoever they feel fits their profile of their project or how they want to run the football club. Um, they did speak to Antonio Conte. You know, we are, we're fairly confident of that in terms of his representatives. So they knocked on the door. They didn't talk anything about deals or anything, but they did talk about availability because he, is, he was tied to Inter Milan in terms of his, his exit for the contract. Um, so these things that United are asking questions. And I think once you start asking the questions, you know, the answers are pretty obvious as to what comes next. So I don't think it's, you know, if United will do it or will they do it, it's, it's going to be a, just a time scale of when they feel it's the right time to do it. Um, again, let's just go back to what we've just said here. They've sent the manager on holiday. 
you know you don't send your manager on holiday when they need to fix tactical issues it's a tactical guy who has to make these choices so i think there is a resignation there from the football club already that this is not going to work and the big shift as well in the dressing room, Scott, has been that even though these players do support Ole as a person, as a coach, as a mentor, that they are no longer invested in his tactics. And that was n absolutely n never more evident than the Man City game. You know, Liverpool was bad because Liverpool schooled United and showed how much better they were. But City just kind of strolled around the pitch you know, they didn't really even have to press. They just kind of marked United's back four, back five, as it was at one point. Got the ball, scored goals, got the points. You know, and Guardiola afterwards, have you ever seen anyone more cock-a-hoop talking, oh, well, we just pass the ball. That's what we do. We keep the ball, we pass it, and that's what we did. We've done that every time we played United, and every time they've beaten us before, they've been lucky. We proved it today. He might be right. But now it's about Manchester United. How do you fix this? Who's the next manager? Who's the right coach to come in now and find a tactical method for Manchester United? I'm going to return that question back to you, Rob. So who is realistically in the running for this job now that there's no available immediate candidate that really is as obvious as Antonio Conte was? Who's in the running? There is an obvious shortlist. So again, lots of United fans are kind of saying, there isn't anyone. Well, there's plenty of people. It's just different ways of getting them. I think the the Glazers' favourite, and you know, we've heard that there has been conversations, is obviously with Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers is on a kind of handcuff contract at Leicester, and if they want him, Leicester are not going to give him away for free. So that's going to cost a lot of money. So the Glazers have to think about, do we want to pay £25 million for a new coach? So that's a question yet to be answered. What are the other options? Well, I think someone like Zidane could be very much tempted to come to Manchester United. United are a global superpower still, even with the kind of style of football that they play. And the fact that you've got Ronaldo and Varane at the football club and you would maybe try to replicate some Galacto Galacticoisms for United, I think that is a fit that could work for Ronaldo. And I think that the Glazers would be attracted by that in a kind of short-term way, maybe a one or two-year contract. Other people in the in the kind of conversation, of course, one is Ralph Rangnick. And for me, Ralph Rangnick would be the perfect person to come to Manchester United to take the job. Now, there are big defined reasons why that probably won't happen. One of them being that United do monitor social media and they do monitor the fan base. And the fan base haven't got a clue who Ralph Rangnick is. They don't know who he is. They don't know what he does. They don't know what his style of play is. They didn't watch him in the Bundesliga. They just do not know. But he's a guy that, builds football clubs and finds a way to insert a kind of stylistic value on the football team to be able to play a certain brand of football. And that brand is pressing style. He is the guy that gave that method to Klopp, to Tuchel, to Nagelsmann. He is the guy that really pushed it and they learned from him. So I'd like a bit of that at Manchester United, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because we've got Ronaldo and Ronaldo doesn't need a guy that's telling him to press. He needs a coach that that basically looks after his needs before the team and unfortunately the glazers are not football people they will probably go with what their superstar is telling them as opposed to maybe what football people will be telling them so that's an issue isn't it because you know when you look at the candidate list there are good candidates out there there really are i think even brendan rogers is a really good candidate i think he's a much better coach than he's given credit for from the united fan base 
but I think you're going to get the populist choice. You know, we United are a political entity that choose things for political reasons, not football ones. Because if this was a football reason, you go and get Ranić, and they're not going to go and get him simply because he will probably tell them stuff that they don't want to hear. It's a big departure, isn't it? Uh, all this planning that United have been doing. I'm putting uh, quote marks with my fingers around the planning that United have been doing. It would be a departure from an, an admission of failure in, in, a, in a sense if they go and appoint someone like Ralph Rangnick, who has been, you know, he's got a lot of history uh, in the German game. He's the man behind, you know, the rise of RB Leipzig. Uh, he's influenced a lot of coaches who are at the top of the game today, uh, specifically, you know, uh, Tuchel, Nagelsmann, the likes of those uh, managers who are managing some of the best clubs in the world at the moment. But it's just an admission from United that they've... <laughs> Not that they've got it wrong, because I do actually think that if you'd have cut it off at the back end of last season, and I said this about Mourinho as well, you could have probably taken Oli's reign as a job well done, but I think they are now reversing on the good work that Ollie's put in uh, the longer that this goes on. Uh, what a Propose to me, Rob, a realistic solution for how to fix this. Now, we've, we talked about Rangnick, we talked about Zidane, who, you know, there's speculation that Zidane is holding out for the France job after the World Cup next year. Um, well, which is in about a year's time, nearly a uh, year, 13 months time. Will he be out of work for that long? Who knows? But what is the realistic solution here? Do you think that a fluffer manager uh, is the right option to tie United over until the end of the season? Because the word around Rangnick is that he would like a job. He would happily come in as manager if he was approached, but he would like a job as a director of football. I think the Independent reported this he would like a job as a director of football or to stay within the club at the end of the season after this interim period is done with. Do you think that United can now go and appoint a Brendan Rodgers and do you think that's the best way to go about it to try and find a long-term coach now and buy him out of his contract? Or do you think tying over until the end of the season and replanning when the picture is a bit different ahead of next season is the right option? Well, I don't think they can get Brendan Rodgers immediately. I think it's really, really tough to get him out of Leicester mid-season as things stand. I'm not even sure if that's something that he would want to do, even if he has an ambition to manage a big club again. You know, he's talked about that. He wants to manage a big club. He said that in the past. So United do fit that profile for him. You're looking at kind of realistic uh, opportunities and and the way the, the lay of the land is at the moment is that you should, as football owners, find a football solution and that means it doesn't matter what your playing staff are or what they do you first of all bring in a coach that can create you a system and allow a philosophy to bloom over time so if you bring Ranyak in like you just said there about failure about admission that, that the project is over I think the whole United for old boys kind of method with Ole has failed and we've seen that both in coaching terms and in results. So you have to go a slightly different way. But if you're going to sell your project to the marketplace, you could then look at someone like a Ten Hag or someone like a Ranić, someone who is a kind of system-based coach. But you've just said to Cristiano Ronaldo, literally only a few weeks ago, his 50 million quid in wages, Cristiano, this club is now about you. And we're going to find a way to win with you at the point of the attack. You cannot bring a coach in 
that contravenes that. You just cannot. So this is where United are. So I I warned about this at the start of the season. It wasn't that I wasn't hot about Cristiano coming. I was as happy as everyone else. But I said, if this goes horribly wrong, Ronaldo might still be scoring you tons of goals every week and fans will be happy about that. But you might be losing games and that will be the end of the manager. And I'm not a prophet of anything, you know, at the end of the day. That's just a football uh, kind of viewpoint. And that's where we are today is that the project has failed. You've still got Ronaldo for two years. You're still going to give him 50 million quid. So you need a coach that gets goals from Ronaldo, but ultimately victories. So I think that's why it makes the Dan more of a kind of logical choice for the Glazers, because that's how they will think. I personally would want Ranić. I would want someone who'd come in and say, this is a two to three year project. And like you said, he might do it for six months as an interim and then take it over as a director of football and then bring in his coach to view on that philosophy, to take it forward. Are United going to do anything as progressive as that? No. Manchester United are EastEnders. They're a soap opera, and that's how they manage their business. You know, they are more interested in things like social media clicks, and I've talked before about the kit deals coming up. United are thinking about that. That's why they brought Ronaldo to the club, because they are, they're looking for that big kit deal. They, they're going to look for £100 million a season, and you do that by putting it on Ronaldo's back. You don't do that by putting it on you know, Amid Diallo's back instead. You don't pick a player at your football club, you're Donny van der Bakes, because they're not your stars. Um, Jaden Sancho was supposed to be the number seven this year. He was supposed to be the guy that took the club forward commercially and also stylistically on a pitch. Where is he? You know, it's sad seeing what's happening with him. He can't even really get on a football pitch and United don't play a system to help him either. Oh... Big huff, big, uh, big huff from me, Rob. Uh, I'm at wit's end with United. I'm going to transition the uh, the conversation on to uh, Paul Pogba. Now, you have uh, you've seen the footage, Paul Pogba in France training. Uh, Look to have pulled up with a muscular injury, and reports in France. I don't know if you've seen these now, Rob. Put him at eight to ten weeks. Uh, yeah, well, I, before we went uh, here to record, we, we obviously had a chat about Paul Pogba and um, I made it my kind of business to go and look at the footage and just make sure and see what I, I could see. And when he strikes the ball in training, he screams really loudly. Now, to me, that generally means that's a tear because that's what it does. It hurts from someone who's played football. I've known that when I've t- torn a muscle that you feel that's like someone shooting you in the leg and he looked like he'd been shot in the leg. And then it took him about 10 minutes to walk off the pitch. So now you're telling me that it's kind of eight to 10 weeks. That's exactly what I think. A tear is normally two to three months. So bad news for Manchester United. Some United fans won't feel terribly about that. I think there's a lot of uh, growing disdain towards Paul Pogba, one of the many problems at Manchester United. But he also could have been the solution. You know, if he's fit, he's a guy that you could come in, you may be able to change the team around. I think. Paul would probably be now going on a holiday. <laughs> I think it's funny this, isn't it? This is the holiday edition of uh, the promised land about where people just go on holiday when things are bad. So I think Paul, he will need that rest. You know, we might never see him play for Manchester United again. We just don't know in this, in this scenario. Um, if he does leave, he's allowed to sign a pre-contract agreement with the foreign team um, in January. January's not that far away now. So I, I think Paul Pogba's finished at United. I think that, 
he wanted to stay. You know, a year ago, he told the club he wanted to stay. He wanted to sign a contract. United umdenard. You know, United didn't match the numbers that he wanted. And I think we now just got to a stalemate where United as a football team are broken behind the scenes. And probably Paul Pog was thinking, this is a good time to get out of here because it's not my fault. I'm injured. I'll have a bit of a break and then I'll find my way to my next football club. Yes, the report from RMC Sport does state that it's unlikely that Paul Pogba will play again this year. Um, and it's obviously bad news for Paul Pogba, um, but maybe <laughs> looking at the general picture on his future, I, he's definitely going to leave, isn't he? And, unless some miracle happens and you, you know they manage to convince a manager who will get the best out of him at United uh, to come in. But it just doesn't... United and, and Pogba have not been able to reach an agreement for years now. Yeah, and like I say to United fans, if you're Paul Pogba, even if you like United, love United, support United, it doesn't matter. If you look at the state of the football club today, do you think staying at Man United is best for your career if you want to win trophies? So I think at the start of the season, that could have been sold to him and others. You sign Ronaldo, you sign Varane, you sign Sancho. You can say, look, we're ambitious. We're going to find a way. Paul, we've matched your contract numbers. Sign up. But United didn't really do that with him. And now the, the kind of swing has gone towards the player. And I think the player will look at that and think, well, it's all kind of crumbling at Carrington. You know, they've got a football stadium that's falling apart. There's all types of issues going on with the ownership. Do I want to pin my name to this? Because, hey, let's admit it. I get blamed for most of the problems at this football team. You know, it's always because of Pogba and, you know, basically he's just another player. But there's so many issues at United. So I think at the time it is right for him now to, to go and try a a Barcelona, you know, Xavi comes knocking on your door, new project, new time, lovely sunny weather, new league, lots of money. Yeah, go and do it. And I, do you know what? I don't begrudge him. I think that he's been sold a, a duff project by the Glazers all the way through the time that he's been at United. It didn't work with Mourinho and it hasn't worked with successive coaches. The style of football doesn't suit him and he doesn't impact winning because United have just played more regressive football almost very slowly, week by week, until we've got to this very point in time. I would say that it doesn't even seem, as, as big an injury to Paul Pogba sounds, United are not playing to the maximum with any of the players on the pitch at the moment. So I don't actually think it's that big a, a blow in a sense because they're not playing to their potential anyway. Yeah, and, and I, I said this about Ronaldo as well. Like, you know, people people seem to think that I'm really down on Ronaldo. I don't like Ronaldo, and it's so not true. It's not what I'm saying. I'm making a tactical observation. I said yesterday, it's quite weird. If Cristiano got injured and was out of the team, say, for two to three months, say he was a guy that, you know, his hamstring blew up and, and had a tear, and you take him out of the team, you're then actually forced to go and be a pressing side. You're forced to then go and use the pieces you've got. You're forced to get Sancho in the team, might even get Van der Beek in the team. You then go with Cavani at the top. You then might go and play 4-3-3, Scott, and you might start pushing the ball at the top end of the pitch. Then your defence might settle. Then you get Varane coming back. Then it might all work out simply because your big guy at the top end of the pitch isn't playing. And then fans might go, ah, now we see the problem. Because I think that fans don't think laterally with that. So I think that's more of the kind of case where United are. And instead, Paul Pogba, I don't think really affects that. I don't think Pogba at this moment of time, either in a double pivot or up the top end of the pitch, is going to help Ronaldo score more goals or United win more games. Right. We will we'll be back at some point uh, in the next week or so. 
if Ollie ends up going, Rob, I'm, I'm presuming you'll be available to record an on-the-spot podcast. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm going to call this episode holiday season or something along those lines, I think, just because it's all a little bit weird at the moment. But, you know, it, there's a lot of players going on holiday. Uh, Paul Pogba, I say players, Paul Pogba, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, the manager, the coaching staff, on holiday at the moment at a time where they should really be working on getting things right because they are not playing well at the moment at all. And the season is on the verge of going up in flames if it hasn't done already. Do you have any parting words, Rob, uh, for the listeners today? Do you have any words of wisdom or any words of encouragement on? Uh, yeah, I think the, the Ollie out crew, you're going to get what you want. He's going. There's no doubt about it. I think there's a lot of United fans who are, feel like they're treading water and that there won't be change. One thing the Glazers have proved is that when managers fail in their eyes, for whatever reason, they go. They've gone. David Moyes, six-year contract, gone. Van Gaal, not renewed, gone. Mourinho, big contract, sacked. They will follow that pattern. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's time at Manchester United is over. I think that it's probably the right time as well. I think all of those managers as well, must admit, deserve to get sacked. So I'm not saying that the Glazers are in the wrong there. I think that they were kind of the right football decisions at that moment of time. Um, and I think the sad thing is with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is that I don't feel bad for him because his job is to get it right. But maybe just at this transfer window, he got a bit of a bum deal. Maybe even though he got the, some of the players he wanted, I think that the signing of a certain striker has fundamentally changed United's effectiveness in their system of what they played a 4-2-3-1. Lots of United fans would say United have never had a system and that's the problem. And I think maybe the philosophy was skewed. There was an issue around 4-2-3-1. But Ole's talked a lot about wanting to play 4-3-3. It just really hasn't happened. He's done it in games and it's never really worked. And I think it's now time for change. So United fans, it might not happen this week. It might not happen in international break. It might not even happen, you know, straight after Watford, you know, it might go on a little run. They might beat Watford, might beat Chelsea, might beat Arsenal, and suddenly things are settled again. But I do think maybe by Christmas, at the very latest, um, this long, slow death might finally come to pass. Um, and, I, and you know what? I'm quite businesslike in football, Scott. You know, managers, they fail, you get sacked. It's just the bottom line. There's no no sentimentality around it. Ole will always be a legend. He'll always be welcome back at Old Trafford. But the time now is to move on. It's now just about finding the right coach. I would love Ranić. I would be happy with uh, Rodgers. Not so happier with Zidane. I think we're more likely going to get the latter rather than the former's. If you are listening still to the end of this episode, let us know on our social channels who you would like to, to replace Soligan or Solskjaer if it's going to happen. Uh, there's a lot of names in the frame, perhaps not the most obvious ones, but, you know, get in touch with us. We are on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B and at PromiselandMU. Remember to subscribe as well. We're on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts. And... Enjoy the break. Go on holiday. Uh, just have a little break from Manchester United being awful at football because I think we all do deserve a break. Uh, and we'll see where we are when we next come to you. I would imagine next week. Although if something happens, as I say, in the meantime, regarding the position, we'll jump on for a bonus episode of The Promised Land. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will speak to you very soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.